You're listening to The College Loop, your number one podcast for Auburn sports, talking all things orange and blue every Tuesday, Thursday, and Sunday. Hey, you know what to do. You're grown. You know what's right. 19, 16, I I never know exactly what those mean, but we're somewhere in that ballpark. It's 1 o'clock in the afternoon in Auburn, Alabama, and this place was lit. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the College Loop Podcast, episode 75 of the College Loop Podcast, 25 away from the 100 episode. <laughs> and we're joined back by Mr. Harrison Tarr. Tarr, how you doing, buddy? Hey, man. I'm, I'm making it through this this grind of a, of a, of a shortened season. So we're, uh, we're, we're living. Got to do some... Uh, on-field tarp uh, maintenance today. And by that, I mean we pulled tarp, and then as a reward, we were able to slip and slide around the bases, which was ridiculously fun. Um, no complaints. I am very sore. But, uh, yeah, so lots of uh, lots of exciting stuff on my end. Excited to be back in the Auburn realm, be able to talk some Auburn ball. And, um, you know, it's always, always a pleasure. So glad to be back in the booth with you, Dylan. Yep, and you bring up Auburn ball, get straight into, straight into football. Biggest news of today – or probably the week, really, Auburn got their 2024 opponents revealed for the SEC. And pretty much we already knew Auburn was going to play Cal, New Mexico, and Louisiana Monroe, and that's already three home games right there. And then they released the SEC conference slate, and if you remember, the SEC is keeping it to eight games, which means you have one permanent opponent throughout the next however long they're going to keep it eight. And start off with the home game. You want to start off with home or away? Let's talk home games because we're looking at a first time, to my knowledge, at, at Auburn uh, opponent in, in Oklahoma. And I think that's your headliner, right? You, I mean, you got Oklahoma, Arkansas, Vanderbilt, and Texas A&M. That is an interesting slate of, of, of clubs coming in to play at, at Jordan-Hare Stadium. First off, that Oklahoma game is going to be the most expensive ticket you've seen since Penn State. Just out, just out of principle, right? And we'll see that when Texas comes to comes to the plains as well, and whenever that happens in the near future. But you don't have a rivalry home game in 2024, which is interesting. And I mean, that's not out of this world different. But what we're seeing here is essentially you've swapped LSU on, on, in, in, the, in this regard for 2024. For Vanderbilt, which on the win-loss column, you're probably not angry about. But a lot of fans upset about the Tiger Bowl, Dylan. Yeah, and you talk about Oklahoma for a little bit. Auburn and Oklahoma have ever played only played twice ever, and they're both teams' long history. And weirdly enough, both games were played in New Orleans, and both games went to Oklahoma. One of The last one being in 2017 when – Auburn and Sean White went into the Sugar Bowl to play Trevor Knight in the Oklahoma Sooners. Uh, yeah, you bring up no more Tiger Bowl for at least this season upcoming or the 2024 season, and it's it's a shocker because you, when you think of rivalries in the SEC and you think of rivalries for Auburn, whenever you think of it comes Iron Bowl, it goes Georgia, and then LSU is right there, right there, like, probably really close to where Georgia is. I don't because, know that. Well, it, it, it fluctuates, I would say. Uh, it's depending on who's better at that time. 
Sure. But LSU and Auburn are always close, no matter what. 2019, that game should not have been as close as it was, knowing that LSU team, just Auburn had a legit defense. So it was not that. Was it 2016, the Malzahn Miles Bowl, where like loser gets fired? Yeah, that was yeah. exactly what it was. Going to both games, going to the game, both fan bases knew whoever loses this game is losing their job. Yeah. That, and uh, luckily, Daniel Carlson did not miss a kick. That's right. That's right. Uh, is six was 16 the game that Auburn, yeah, Auburn won on all field goals. Yeah. And Auburn right. also won because uh, I, I forgot the quarterback was for LSU, and I think it was Danny Etling. It was, was not early. was not looking at the at the at the clock. the clock. So the time ran out. He called and he called the called the play. And uh, yep, yeah, all of that's history. Les Miles gets fired, goes to Kansas. Uh, not gonna talk about the rest of that. What happened? He gets fired from Kansas, and then boom, Gus Malzahn gets fired a couple of years later. That's right. Uh, well, and you sent me an interesting text that I wanted, and you're probably about to talk about it. Are are, are, are you? I was going to wrap up the rest of the rest of the away slates because I, I know. Throw this in super super quick about while we're on the topic of the Tiger Bowl, and, and we'll and we'll kind of roll this in with the rest of the schedule. First time that Auburn's not played LSU since 1999, 1991, excuse me, and that is just bewildering, like wild to think that there are what by that point there'll be thirty three year old Auburn fans that have not seen Auburn not play LSU in their entire lifespan. Like these people have kids. Like yeah. 401ks even. Like it's 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 crazy. But yeah, just some an interesting tidbit there. And and we'll see as as the SEC kind of monitors and keeps its finger on the pulse if they decide to keep their finger on the pulse, which we've seen them not do before, of uh, this situation, if if that rivalry could return. But we're also going to talk about, I'm sure a lot of rivalries here in a minute and what eight game conference slates kind of bring to the table. So I'll let you continue with the home schedule. Yeah, and you go into it <clears throat> after Oklahoma. You have Arkansas, A and M, and Vanderbilt. Which, where the state of those programs are right now, I think that's a pretty feasible home schedule. And you also got to sure. add in that's seven home games right there. They only have four away games, so that means there's got to be another home game in there with an FCS opponent. So that's eight home games that I think are very favorable in how the schedule really panned out. Yep, absolutely. So you, go to, you go to the away slate. Alabama's your permanent opponent for the foreseeable future. Which, as it should be, of ever <laughs> until until that ninth conference game gets added in at some point, really. Right. Uh, Georgia, who is going to be, I believe, switching out with LSU as like your two Biz- two A two B rivalries. Bizarre to me. Uh, I, just just absolutely bewildering, in my opinion. When 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 you look at this this we've had this conversation earlier about how uh, on the show about how we wanted to see the SEC keep your protected rivals and and who's to say that that 25 slate doesn't change between now and then it probably will. And there will, I, I would not be out of this world surprised if we saw a couple more teams apply to join the league between now and then, uh, and then the semi-professional association of the Southeastern conference of football. <laughs> but that is a weird one. That one is going to be tougher to me to see. And this is not just a fan perspective as much as like people turn on, Auburn, Georgia, regardless of the year, regardless of the record, because it's one of those games. It's like Georgia, Florida, right? Like it, yeah. you're, you're like, it's not it, Alabama, Tennessee. I kind of put them all on like a level playing, playing field there. It's not one of those like, oh, this is a marquee rivalry re- matchup, but like this is a game that is always like these teams hate each other. These fan bases hate each other. And this is what college football is about. And then the SEC doesn't really care, but that's just my kind of editorialization. And the SEC definitely does care. They care about money. Uh, I don't think they care about passion, but they care about money. 
And those things, those things do go together. It's going to be weird after 2024 to see Georgia not on the schedule every year. Yeah. And your last two home, two away games are, again, favorable opponents uh, in Missouri and Kentucky. And that does leave an interesting question about the teams that weren't added to the 2024 schedule. And that's to go on with the rest of the tweet that I sent you. Mississippi State and Ole Miss will not be playing at Auburn or playing against Auburn in 2024, which Auburn has not played Ole Miss since 1989, and Auburn has not played Mississippi State since 1954. Actually, I think what you meant to say was there was there's not been years that they, Auburn's not played those respective schools because they have played them many times since then. Well, yeah, they they, <laughs> they haven't. They oh, okay, there we go. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> no, no, it clicked. Yeah, and Auburn has not played. The last time Auburn did not play any of those teams and LSU, Ole Miss, and Mississippi State was the year 1933, which and I like that this was a Ferg tweet, and he put the 1933 schedule, which I got to be honest, I would really love the schedule this year, except for maybe Tulane and Georgia. But Birmingham Southern, Howard, Georgia Tech, which would be fun for you to watch, I think. Uh, George Washington. Just I the like guy. the question marks next to George Washington. <laughs> you, they bring him back to life every year for this game. Uh, Tulane, Duke, Oglethorpe. <laughs> That's in Atlanta. I used to do landscape there in high school. Florida and South Carolina before they were in the SEC. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, inter- it's just interesting history tidbit there. And, and I that's what Ferg's great for, right? Like, he's really, really good <laughs> kind of stuff. At digging up random shit that nobody would have thought about, but yeah, I, I would love to know what he looked up to go find that. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm sure Winsipedia has it somewhere. Uh, but no, if Oglethorpe is anywhere, or or for just has this information in like a library in his apartment, which I don't have. He definitely has like a filing cabinet full of like strange Auburn yeah. facts. Yeah, no, definitely, and then that's why he's so good at this, right? <laughs> yeah, but interesting to see all all these different changes. Um, also, like. Basketball verbal meme reference. Everyone can show up to Jordan Hare to see Kentucky. Uh, I'm sorry, that we have to, everyone have to travel to Lexington. My apologies. That's a Kroger field. Their field is literally sponsored by Kroger. Carry on. Um, they should call it the grocery cart. Just saying, the buggy would be awesome. The, anyway, I do like the buggy. Yeah, the buggy would. That'd be pretty good. Like, <laughs> hear me <laughs> out. But very interesting slate. And like you said, I mean, this is a 10 win schedule. In year two under Hugh Freeze, it's it's a freaking ten win win schedule. When ten wins in twenty twenty four means, well, do with that as you will. And, and is the first day of the twelve team playoff. Just that's pretty much there. that's pretty much what I'm getting at. And <laughs> I will say this: something that Auburn fans should be a, a proud of the athletics department for is, in my opinion, like I mentioned earlier, Dylan. Should be a nine-game conference schedule. You should play a power five, a group of five, and then your FCS if you if you have a, if you want a cupcake like that. Auburn has pretty much built that schedule anyways, with the exception of one additional conference game, and then you get a couple cupcakes, so be it, right? I'm interested to see schedule modifications around the rest of the league as we get closer there, uh, because I know that there are some schools that are just historically not good at scheduling power five non-cons. I mean, just there's, I mean, just a lot of them. To be completely honest with you, a lot of them will hide behind um, a couple of cupcake games and gaslight people into thinking they're a little better than they are to maintain bowl eligibility. 
Auburn's done it in the past, folks. It's not, they're not clean. Let's, let's look at like a couple years ago uh, when there was no Power Five <laughs> game scheduled and there were no home and home set up. But very interesting to see how that plays a factor, especially when you add a pair of teams into the SEC. I personally think there's a couple more on the way. Yeah. I, I, I mean, and I mean, when I say on the way, I mean by 2025. And and we'll see how that works out. Something else to watch that I don't know that people are talking enough about. I do eventually think that the Deep South Souls rivalry will be protected again. This could fix the Alabama and Georgia thing. Being in the same look, like both on the road or both at home in the same year. Just something to stay woke on. Pay attention to. That could wind up being a good thing for Auburn. Because... Okay. Damn, that gauntlet sucks. <laughs> well, and yeah, you look at the, the none of the opponents have been set in stone on when they're going to be. Sure. Uh, all, all we know right now for 2024 is that I believe Cal is going to be your game one. I got an educated guess that Alabama is going to be game 12. Yeah, and uh, you have ULM to 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 prefix week them. 11. Yeah, week 11 opponent. Well, it's actually week 13 and then week 12 for ULM because you get the bye week. Right, sorry. Your 11th and 12th games. But you start off the season with Cal and New Mexico as game one and game two. So it would be Auburn versus Golden Bears and the Lobos in Jordan-Hare Stadium leading into a pretty favorable SEC schedule. And when I say favorable, I mean very favorable. It's it's worth noting real quick. OU got the shaft when it comes to scheduling. Poor pitiful Oklahoma. In, in the first year of them being in the SEC, they have to play at Auburn, at LSU. They have to play against Tennessee, against Alabama, against South Carolina, and, of course, they have their little rivalry against Texas. Yeah, well, Oklahoma's also bringing their softball team to the conference, so I really don't want to hear it. It's going to be interesting to see how this affects all of that because, oof. It's... I mean, like that. Yeah, I don't even want to. I don't. I don't even give me a list. Baseball just gets that much better because of Texas. And, yeah, and softball just gets a, little, a lot more competitive for second place with OU. Yeah. Well, and then Texas is great at softball too. Yeah, so, I mean, you look and you look around. Texas is a great swim and dive program historically. Like it's Oklahoma competitive in track. I mean, come on, like what the hell. And you just so much better at every at every sport. And then think about this in a hypothetical. I'm going to keep throwing around. I'm going to keep throwing around this team until or this this university rather, and until they eventually submit their form to join the SEC. Think about when Clemson comes in. Then you bring football, baseball, and softball again, and basketball, and they come up there. And Texas basketball. I mean, how the hell we forget about that? And, And I mean, it's 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 interesting with this conference expansion. I know we're going a little off tangent there, but. It's all, I think that the reason that I think it's important to mention it, Dylan, is we're about to see these dominoes all fall. And, and, and we're going to see how these all, this all kind of plays out because football is just going to get the limelight for scheduling and things like this and, and, and how rivalries are protected in football specifically because obviously not, I'm not naive to the fact, you're not naive to the fact that it is the biggest revenue-generating sport in intercollegiate athletics mm-hmm. and in the entire United States, second most generating sport in the world. Anyways. But beyond that, football will set the precedent to see how everything else is handled. And I think that that's kind of an underlying storyline that, that, that we're not talking about enough yet to see how the SEC is going to handle the integration of Texas and Oklahoma in terms of 
scheduling in terms of, I guess, geographic, like tra- tra- even just travel, right? I mean, it's it, it does inherently get more challenging. So we'll 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 continue to monitor that. That's a storyline. I'm firing up the rumor mill and, and and convincing everyone that Oklahoma. The reason the SEC invited Oklahoma in is so that their softball team will have to travel more and actually suffer some kind of fatigue. <laughs> and just to look into the the future future, uh, Auburn twenty twenty five opponents are probably already set in stone if it keeps yeah. the same format going into uh, the next few seasons. So starting off Alabama. Your permanent opponent forever and always. Then you bring back the two the two Mississippi teams. Then South Carolina, who Auburn is on a two game losing streak against. Tennessee, Texas, LSU, and Florida. Really tough. <laughs> for the- what's that? What's that? What's that Dolly Parton song? Here you come again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, compared to the twenty twenty four slate. 2025 is a little bit more difficult. And that, yeah. that's even accounting the fact that Georgia's not even in the 2025 schedule. That's right. <laughs> that's right. So, yeah. But that, that's, a, that's a slate. But in theory, bring it back to Auburn. This one plays to the advantage of the Orange and Blue. That'll be year three under Hugh Freeze. In theory, if he continues to recruit and then can develop the way that a lot of people think he can. Competitive programs should be in good shape. Yeah. I mean, great teams have to play and win on great schedules. Uh, or I guess horrific if you're a fan. But you know, you, know, you, know, you know what I'm saying. I mean, you have to be competitive at that, that kind of level. So iron sharpens iron. That's kind of how the SEC works. It's kind of the SEC's mantra. You can lose games and still go win a national championship. That's a plus. I mean, there, there's a lot of moving parts there. I think Auburn should count its blessings about 2024 and then like how everything kind of shook out. I think that Auburn actually did get the easiest hand of cards. Um, But I mean, let's not forget JF three had to run, run a 50 plus yard touchdown against Vanderbilt on homecoming one year. So can we, a list of guys that I'm tired of talking about in the moments in this show. Is JF three on there? (laughs) But yeah, if you talk about great teams that play great teams, uh, if you look at the 2024 campaign for Georgia, yeah, they get they don't have to play Auburn, but they still have they have Alabama, they have Texas, and they have Clemson. So let's go from Dolly Parton to Lizzo, and and just hit. It's about damn time. <laughs> yeah, I don't think that's the that's probably the first time anyone's ever said that exact statement. You know, <laughs> that's what we do here. Dolly Parton that's, to Lizzo. That's that's what we do here. No, I mean. <laughs> Yeah, no, finally, right? And and I'm not sitting here bitching and moaning about Georgia always having this cupcake, even though they do. But, I mean, Georgia clearly the best team in the the country the past two years, undeniably, like undeniably. But also, like, challenge yourself a little bit. (laughs) Put put something on your plate. Like, come on now. And and, and to Georgia's credit, they're – well, I mean, they didn't choose this, but – uh, they did try to schedule Oklahoma. Let's let's not forget that that whole part. They would have had Oklahoma. They and would have had Oklahoma. Change them out with Charleston Southern. And, I think. and they would have they would have beat the brakes off of BV in Oklahoma. But that's neither here nor there. Yeah, w- would not have mattered. But would have really made them con- reconsider the whole SEC thing. <laughs> yeah, would have made Oklahoma think mm, maybe not yet, <laughs> maybe not ever. You would think that the Alabama beatdowns in the playoffs would have done it, but <laughs> would have definitely been like the third time in the past like five years that the Boomer Sooner. Uh, wheels fell off. Definitely. Yeah. 
Yeah, to the, <laughs> the, to the SEC. But that'll be interesting. Other teams kind of it, – it, it, everyone's getting affected differently, and there's like a range, and Georgia's probably getting screwed the hardest in terms of strength of schedule completion, and, George, and Auburn's probably on the other end of the spectrum. So Auburn fans, there's UW. And you got every other year <laughs> to have a really – Favorable schedule if this was were to continue. Which is like kind of the Auburn shtick. So what does it matter? Yeah. It was, <laughs> on. It was like, all right, we were. Mentally, your headspace, like aside from the fact that opponents have changed, your headspace should be the exact damn same. <laughs> we can still lose one of these stupid games in a stupid manner, and it, it'll probably happen. Don't worry. Oh, oh. that's the Auburn way. <laughs> Fearless Damn. and true. Fight on your oranges and blue. <laughs> We will let down you. (laughs) (laughs) And to talk about, just bring up some of it about this upcoming season, not just next season. Auburn fans are very excited about the 2023 season. Speaking of the fact, they are fewer than 1,000 season tickets away from breaking their all-time record. I got mine. Did you get yours? Uh, I don't really have the budgetary... Ability. Oh, you have to, I mean, you just com- you posted a commitment graphic of yourself for teaching. I mean, I, I can eventually, but I think by the time the season the season starts, I don't think I'm still going to have all of the five hundred dollars. But right. huge, huge shout out to all the people that are buying it. Keep buying them; it, it'd be really cool. And it's crazy how much hope and faith can be put into a into a coach when they actively recruit to benefit their team. <laughs> Do you want to make a podcast? Well, Spotify's got a platform that lets you make one super easily and distribute it everywhere and even earn money as well. All in one place for free. It's called Spotify for Podcasters, and here's how it works. Spotify for Podcasters lets you record and edit podcasts right from your phone or computer. So no matter what your setup is like, you can start creating today. Then you can distribute your podcast to Spotify and literally everywhere else podcasts are heard. Video podcasts are also available on Spotify. With Spotify for Podcasters, you can earn money in a variety of ways, including ads and podcast subscriptions. And best of all, it is totally free with no catch. Ever since I discovered Spotify for Podcasters, it's been so easy to get the show out to y'all, and I highly recommend you give it a try. Download the Spotify for Podcasters app or go to spotify.com slash podcasters to get started. All right. Well, talking about keep going back into the class of 20, going back into the year 2024. Auburn picked up two more commitments to the class of 24 and three-star wide receiver Bryce Kane and and four-star safety Kinsley Faustin. And just a little bit about them. Bryce Kane, 5'11", 170 pounds. Kinsley Faustin, 5'11", 170 pounds. And a little fun fact about Kane, uh, as a junior in high school, he has a personal record of a 4.35 40-yard dash. Hey, that's pretty fast. Yeah, uh, he is the number five overall wide receiver in the state of Alabama, number 88 overall. And Kinsley Faustin is the number nine safety in Florida and the number 36 safety overall in their class. But yeah, and you talk about the talent brought in from the DB room. That is the third four-star defensive back to be added to this class a wide receiver to be added. So now you have a whole trio added to the to this class with Walker White, a quarterback, Fat Burnett at running back, and you have Bryce Kane, wide receiver, and Martavis Collins. That's a trio. That's a quad right there. <laughs> yeah, and in, have you looked at the 247 rankings, Dylan? I have not since they've been updated. I tried to look at it after they immediately committed, but 24-7 is not as fast as I was. 
So checking in at number 38, uh, your Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets. Checking in at number 37, your Auburn Tigers. <laughs> That's a big jump. They were 40. I believe they were yeah. 47. I, I was I was more or less just getting a, getting a chance to say the jackets on, on live air, but uh, that's a very funny little crossover moment for me. <laughs> the crossover episode where where everyone walks in and whenever the you know celebrity walks in, everyone's <gasps> and acts like they're surprised, and then you just cheers, yeah, and then obviously the sitcom reaction. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, uh, great start for this group. I mean, great great spot that they're in right now. Yeah, and uh, I don't, I I'm trying to remember what Kinsley Falston's exact rating was, but I think he's it, it, I don't think he's that close to being a five star. No, uh, he definitely could be if in the Florida <laughs> Florida uh, Everglades uh, that is their high school football. Uh, and just looking at their corners that they've already added, Amon Lane has officially now shut down his commitment, and he's going to be joining our Auburn's high school recruiting staff, which consists of Walker White, <laughs> Martavis Collins, Fat Burnett. <laughs> and and the uh, one recruiting staff that Auburn can't pay right now, at the very least. Right. Uh, and I mean, what a class this has been so far, and what a class it could be with the addition of a possible crystal bald linebacker who is committing today as this comes out. And about if you're watching as it comes out, it'll be about four hours at noon where Joseph Phillips from Booker T. Washington High School in Tuskegee, Alabama, will announce his commitment. And Auburn is in his top five, and he's been crystal balled. He is choosing a drink between, I think it's Tennessee, Georgia, Auburn, and two other teams that I don't think really matter. I think it's either Georgia or, Al- or, Georgia or Auburn, really, for those two spots. Such an important get to go get Joseph Phillips out of Booker T. Washington. Uh, this is, it goes back to we've harped on this and harped on this and harped on this recruiting the state of Alabama. It's so, 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 so important. Even if you're not necessarily recruiting against Nick Saban, keeping in-state talent in-state is so important, especially a guy who's in your backyard. Tuskegee from Auburn, as the crow flies, I think it's eight miles. To, as, as the road winds, I think it's about 17 minutes. You can go home for lunch and see mom. You don't have to do that. I'm not making that sales pitch, but <laughs> it's it's so so important. This is like falls in, this falls into that same that conversation we have about Opelika guys, Auburn High School guys, Central Phoenix City guys. I mean, I mean, and then you go over to Montgomery and just right down the road and being able to keep people in their backyard, especially a talent that you're stealing from a UGA, from a Tennessee. Now that that's on the table to play Tennessee more often, like it's it's so well it's important regardless, but. If Auburn, if Auburn goes out and, and and secures Joseph Phillips, that is a huge win, regardless of, of rating. That was my yeah, and, yeah, sorry. I just got to catch on my laptop for uh, low battery, which is not right at all. It's for my phone. There we go. Uh, but, yeah, you look at recruiting the top talent in the state of Alabama. He's the number three linebacker in the state, number 15 linebacker overall in the class. And he is standing, and I think – I. I should have wrote it down, but he is a run stuffer. And I think he's probably along the lines of one of those guys who could probably get that fifth star very close. And I was looking at this class and it's a weird uh, comparison, but you know, when you play in 14 and it has like, it has like team needs and it lists all those positions and like how many you need. This class is really panning out looking like one of those because <laughs> you got your one quarterback, one running back, one wide receiver, 
one tight end, two corners, a safety. And now you're really trying to get that big time linebacker. And if you look at it, uh, we're, we're, what's that thing Trevon Reed always says? What's that one phrase? Uh, it's like, uh, we're not we're not finished yet. We ain't done yet. We're not finished yet. Auburn's also looking at trying to get a couple of guys who are committed to the team across the state too. Uh, KJ Bolden, five star safety. Auburn has been in. They're Thompson. committed to Alabama State. Huh? They're committed to Alabama State or, or South Alabama? Which one are you talking across about? Across the state from Alabama, so they're Alabama. <laughs> I'm, I'm gathering Troy. UAT. UAB even? UAT. They're trying to commit to UAT. There you go. You see, I'm trying to make a meme here. Dylan decided that's not the time, so I'm going to shut the hell up. <laughs> but, yeah, uh, you, and you're also looking at uh, Jalen Mbakwe, who is a five-star safety, and who has has come out. I don't know. Were you on the show when I brought up what Jalen Mbakwe said? Uh, possibly. I, it doesn't ring a bell, so probably not. Well, this is to say that Auburn is this five-star safeties or five-star yes. corner. Yes, no. Dreams, it, was, it was his dream school when Gus was here. And then a certain coach came along after Gus was fired and decided not to recruit this five-star uh, safety cornerback athlete. And now that Hugh Freeze is on the planes, he has made sure to keep in constant contact with all of these five-star guys who want to come to Auburn, and rightfully so. Uh, and uh, this is goes into that conversation about the fact that what a job Hugh Freeze is doing to Auburn recruiting. And I don't think enough words can be said about the state of Auburn recruiting now as it was a year and a half ago. Uh, and Auburn is, you said, 37th right now? College lip drinking game. Take, take a shot every single time. That there's a comparison that is night and day of, of recruiting this year as opposed to uh, this tenure or as opposed to last tenure. Well, it's going to happen for the next couple of years until you can finally get the thought of the last coach out of out of our heads. Uh, just what he did. and. Because you see Auburn's potential and what it was being wasted on. People still remember Doug Barfield, bro. It's not going away. <laughs> hey, luckily I was not around whenever that was going on. I wasn't either, but I talked to, uh, to, to older Auburn fans all the time about it. And they'll always be like, well, you didn't live through Doug Barfield. I'm like, I lived through Brian Harson. So I, I actually transitive property, given my lifespan, I think I have. <laughs> I mean, just yeah, I mean, just looking at it, and there's so many guys that Auburn can't go after. Cameron Coleman, uh, sure. big big wide receiver, Perry Thompson. Even he's a hard commit to Alabama, but Auburn's wielding away at it. We do not care. <laughs> but yeah, and with with that, do you got anything else to add for football? No, but it's time for my favorite segment of the show. Just just hands down, favorite segment of the show. When we bring our <laughs> bring on our interns and then send them back to the depths of hell. It was very fun. Yeah. So let's let's go into <clears throat> in his bag. In his bag. In his bag with Byersdorf. Come on in, Colin. Bring yourself up here. There he What's is. up, guys? There he is. And then no Daniel to clown us today, which I miss Daniel. Hashtag sad, but he didn't clown us for our song. It's very dear, near and dear to our heart, and we want you to know it's it, we did made it specially for you, Colin. I know. I feel the love every time I hear it. I'm yeah, so glad. Truly, it is our favorite favorite. Part of the show. It's everybody's favorite part of the show. Um, who's in their bag in Auburn Athletics right now, Colin? So I'm going a little different direction here today. I'm going with a coach. Um, Love it. Head volleyball coach. Uh, what's his first name? Damn, Brent, Brent, Brent Crouch. Brent Crouch. Come on, my boy. Brent, yeah, Brent Crouch. He signed his five-year extension, getting the big deal with the Tigers. Let's um, go. Took the volleyball team, a very young volleyball team, to the postseason last year. Second postseason all-time in, in Auburn volleyball history. Got a dub. 
uh, against a, a ranked Creighton team. So it was a big deal. Um, he's proven he's here, here to stay in the plains. So he's locked up through 2027. So you were explaining we'll to me before the show about his seven year plan and how he's ahead of schedule. Yeah. He said he came in, he came into Auburn with a big like seven year plan. He's probably like two or three years ahead of schedule with the NCAA tournament win. So big balling on the planes. He's in his bag. He's getting his bag. <laughs> That's it, it what it is. I mean, I mean, I think it's a great choice. I mean, quite literally getting his bag, but also in his bag. Uh, and, and he reached pretty deep in his bag to take a team that young. Uh, to, to, yeah, to, full of to, freshmen. Yeah, dude, that's crazy. So we can we can only assume, what, five or six natties in the next half decade? Yeah, easy. Okay. Big I mean, big dynasty in the in upcoming. Big dynasty energy? <laughs> For sure. Some might call that BDE. Continue. All right, Colin. It was really <laughs> – <laughs> it's always a, always a pleasure now. Get the hell off my screen. All right. See you. <laughs> Bye, Colin. And you couldn't tell earlier. He he looked like he was passed out catching some Z's on, on the bottom of my screen. The very hey, least. dude. It's 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 college loop after dark. <laughs> I was saying he did a, he did a full like Jason Voorhees just like sit up into his chair. Hey, bro was ready though. <laughs> he came he came locked in. He brought the energy. What which is crazy. Didn't even require a Red Bull. So I mean, <laughs> I'm 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 impressed. I'm uh I shout out Colin. Let's 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 flip over just really really quick about men's basketball. Walker Kessler will play for Team USA's FIBA World Cup team, and as a rookie in the NBA, nine point two points per game, eight point three, and eight, nine point two, eight point three, two point three split. That's all you really need to know. All I really care about. I honestly uh, tabbed away for a second, so I had the numbers. In front were, you, of me. were you struggling on eight point three rebounds? <laughs> I now have the the line in front of me, so I couldn't remember if it was yeah okay rebounds. Thank you. Also, you and I write stats so much differently. Anyways, that's okay. I just literally tabbed away. I would just be REB, rebound. Anyways, so that's neither here nor there. But, yeah, uh, that should be an exciting uh, exciting experience for both Walker Kessler, also a great recruiting tool for Auburn. It's always it's always always thinking about Cruton, right, and, and how, you, how you can convince people, <clears throat> LeVar and Pylon, uh, that Auburn is uh, a great selection for you and can get you NBA ready. Also Walker Kessler, like quietly had, in my opinion, like the best season of like any rookie period. No, I'm just not kidding. Like the, the Rudy Gobert trade, he single-handedly has made that Rudy Gobert trade look stupid on his own. And it's oh, yeah. so funny. And the jazz got so much for it. And now the Timberwolves are just sitting there and just like, what do we do with him? All he did was start a pandemic and get some rebounds for a while. And now they, Walker Kessler is just as good, if not arguably better, than Rudy Gobert. Cost and way more likable. Oh, a thousand times more likable. Cost the fraction of the price. And the Jazz are like – they're like set up with a little squad now because they can go to the NBA draft. And they can wheel picks, go get guys. They're an actually attractive landing spot. I mean – Honorable mention for Bagman. If this was if this was a universal Bagman, it could be just like the Utah Jazz, like like, <laughs> like low key, low key. That's all. That's all I really had to mention about men's basketball. But Walker Kessler quietly took the NBA by storm. Is that does that make sense? Yeah, uh, I, I he would have gotten my vote for Rookie of the Year, but yeah. Paolo Banchero got way too much hype going into the draft. Paolo also kind of went super gremlin. Yeah, it was it was really his to lose <laughs> from start to finish of the season, but. I, I mean, I certainly think that the Utah Jazz have to look and go, wow, damn, we won. Not just the trade. I mean, like the trade, but obviously, but like, 
the value that he was the that Walker Kessler was assessed with was just clearly not what anybody expected his NBA ceiling, except for the people sitting in this room and a lot of people in Auburn, Alabama, expected his NBA ceiling to to look like. I mean, that dude was I didn't have Walker Kessler being more NBA ready than Jabari Smith Jr. on my bingo board. Well, he went to a significantly better coaching staff than Jabari Okay, Smith. listen, listen. I'm the biggest Bari defender in the world. All right, Bari's my boy. He's going to wind up being an NBA all-star. I mean, I, I sincerely believe that. But I did not have Walker Kessler immediate success before Jabari Smith on my bingo card. But here we are. If a certain team had picked Jabari Smith at number two instead of the other guy that got picked at two. Are you okay? No, I'm not okay. I don't think you're okay. I'll go. Start, to I'm going to start rolling the outro. I'm going to start rolling the outro before you start. I will, will say one thing. Uh, just Bryce Kane, three-star wide receiver, Auburn picked up in football. He goes to Baker High School, so it'd be really nice if he could talk to his buddy in his in his uh, in his school classes, Liberian Phylon, about rejoining his and in, in, in a commitment to the Auburn. Don't say let let Phylon know. Let him, let him know what's going on. What's, what's I'm saying? You have lunch. You have break. You got PE. You got workout. Hey, Study hall, whatever. Biology. Yeah. If you get detention for talking during study hall, we'll we'll write you a pass. From yeah, the, I mean, find the guys in the college. League. Whatever you got to do. <laughs> the NCAA is actively firing me an email right now, saying that they're filing a lawsuit against me. So that's going to be super super cool. Um, that's not actually happening, but for those those the, if those words got out, I mean, it wouldn't be the first time the college league got gotten legal trouble. Who cares? Uh, so <laughs> Dylan's just kind of staring at me now. That was funny. It's 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 far enough away now. It's funny. Anyways. Yeah, Tara, let everybody know where they can love you, find you, support you. <laughs> huh? I let everybody know where they can love you, find you, and support you. Oh, yeah. So Dylan's told me to shut the hell up. I'm Harrison Tara. I buy Harrison Tara on the Bird app if you want to come hang out with me. Would surely appreciate, appreciate it if you want to check out anything that I'm up to. I really, honestly, I'm just right here at the college right now. I'm super, super busy with my full time job over at the Making Bacon. Uh, if you guys want to check out any of my design work over there, I'd be super, super happy to send it to any of you guys. A lot of really cool stuff coming that way. We have Hawaiian nights this weekend, some with steel drums. So that'll be super, super cool. And I will be doing the Macarena on top of Dugout. That'll be live streamed on Flow Sports if you're interested. That That's going to be a treat. And I would definitely be screen recording that. And that's going to be in the video file for me to play at any point of the show of my liking. If you think that bothers me, I just, it doesn't. That's yeah, awesome. we just, we, I think we need more reactions okay. to throw up in the middle of the okay. show. <laughs> Don't throw up. That's it. But yeah, I'm Dylan Long at you boy the tank on Twitter. And if you're watching, it's just right there. And it's also in the description. Sorry, I got a smaller screen this time around. It's also in the description at Y A B O I the Tank. And if you want to follow us on social media, you have us on TikTok, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. You can also watch us here where you should like, comment, and subscribe. Leave your questions. Gregorio is taking all of all of all of is showing all of y'all up by giving us the best questions. Uh my dad, Tar, can I help you? Waiting for you to tell him that we don't have a MySpace. Uh, yeah, I almost forgot if you because if you didn't forget, we don't have a MySpace yet. If y'all get to a thousand subs, we'll get one. We're also about 20, not, not 20, we're in the teens now. If subs needed to Daniel has to really on, on TikTok. And of course, if you want to listen to us, you have us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Amazon Music. And with all that being said, it's been the College Loop Podcast.